Glory to God. God is faithful. He is real. The things of God are real. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with the Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We can know Him. We can walk with Him. We can live this life knowing Him and relying on Him. It is not something that we do on Sundays or Wednesdays and then we go throughout the week and we're doing it on our own and we're doing it in our own intellectual uh, abilities or uh, the things we've learned uh, education-wise and you know our, our natural giftings and just try to do the best we can and oh, we pray to God and then we go on. That's not the life we are to live as Christians. We are in His family. We are part of the the kingdom of Almighty God. He is our very own Father. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can come and worship Him and fellowship with Him, call on His name at work, in the home, in relationships. When we're challenged physically, He has every need, uh, the answer to every need, and He will lead us and He'll guide us and He will help us in normal, everyday, real challenges. Hallelujah. We are not to just walk through this life as people like every other person that doesn't know God as it's just another religion or it's just another faith. You know, everybody needs some faith or to believe in something and then we just walk through it the best we can. No, we are supposed to walk according to uh, His ability and His life and trust Him to help us. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to John 10, verse 1 today. we we'll start a new series today as we head into the end of the year. John 10, verse 1. John 10, verse 1. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except, for, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The title of our new series is Life of Abundance. The last line there says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
Uh, in the Amplified, John 10, 10 in the Amplified, it says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus saying, says, this is why I came. I came that they may have and enjoy life. We're supposed to have life. We're supposed to enjoy life. We're not supposed to trudge through this life, head down, barely getting along, wondering if God likes us, wondering if God loves us, don't know what's going to happen, but we're just doing our best and feeling condemned half the time because you know we're trying, but we're not doing the best and we know we could be better. How many of you know you could be better than you are now? Of course we could. I mean, if you have any sense at all, unless you're completely deluded and you think you know you're perfect in every way, if you have any sense, you know you could do better. I know I could do better. And I will do better. And I'm doing better than I have before. But how many of you know you could feel condemned every day of your life if you were choosing to look at the things you're not doing quite right? Every day you could go through and it could be something little because you always can do better. Now, we're not even talking about just overt sin where you know you're doing wrong and you're just going to tr trudge ahead. We're just talking about you're imperfect, I'm imperfect as a human being. We all have our quirks, right? Everybody's quirky. Some people are more quirky than others, but we're all quirky. <laughs> we all have our quirks. Just ask your spouse or your brother or sister or anybody in your family. I saw somebody was, say, was talking about, um, you know, uh, speaking on differences and, and, and getting along in a family and, it, and in his notes it said key takeaway a dysfunctional family is any family with more than one person in it <laughs> we're, we're going into the holiday season well, we're already past one holiday into the end of the year and, and more holidays and you're with family and they know you and you know them and it's tempting to think your family is so much different than everybody else's. Everybody's got a family with quirks in it because they have us in it. We're part of that family and, you know, verse, vice versa. So we're not perfect. We have a lot of room to grow, right? So, but if you're not careful, we can look at those things and feel condemned about the things that we're not doing quite right and not look at all the things that, hey, maybe we've made progress, over the last year. We're really doing better. And it helps if you look at your spouse or your brother or sister or your mom or your dad or your cousin or somebody else that way too. We can beat other people up and a lot of times it's because we're feeling beat up. So then we want to beat other people up and you're looking at the negative in somebody else instead of looking, well, you know, actually they're doing this pretty well. They've come up in this area. Praise God. We can be thankful. But we're supposed to enjoy life. I came that they may have and enjoy life. We're not supposed to go through being condemned, feeling like, you know, we're just getting along. I can't wait to get to heaven. Well, that's true. I can't wait to get to heaven. I'll be thankful when we arrive there and we're done with all this junk. But in the midst of it, we're not supposed to be sad and down and feel like, oh, we just, you know, just could always do more for Jesus in a condemning way. Because you know what that'll end up, what'll end up happening? You'll do less. Do you like to be around people that are always looking at the negative and putting you down? Would you want to be so around somebody that's putting you down all the time? Well, then, if we put ourselves down all the time, uh, and we think it's God, do you want to be around God? 
well, God wants me to do this and this, and you're always feeling, I should do more, should do more. Well, you, you'll look at it, if you're not careful, like God is always doing that. Well, then you don't want to be around him. You don't want his things. But that's not him. He's not like that. If we have enough sense to not want to be around somebody that would always beat us up, why, do we think God, why would we think God's like that when he doesn't say that in his word and then think we should be around him? People have a warped mentality, but then they'll go and they'll say, well, I just got to do this. They'll feel condemned, but then they're going to trudge on anyway because it's their duty. That's not true Christianity. Amen? It says here, Jesus came that they may have, life and, have and enjoy life. Enjoy. Imagine that. With, in the same, uh, you know, talking about Christianity, that we could enjoy life. To a higher degree. Maybe you're saying, I'm, man, I'm enjoying it as much as I can. Well, we can enjoy it more, the, gr the more we grow. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. In the New Living Translation, John 10.10. 10, says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Rich and satisfying. Well, you could apply that to any number of things, and it's good. If you had some ice cream, and it was rich and satisfying. That, would be, that wouldn't be bad ice cream. How was the ice cream? It was rich and satisfying. It wasn't good at all. No, it, it was, yeah, I can tell that by your empty dish. No, rich and satisfying, that's a good thing, right? Rich and satisfying, does that give you a, a picture of just barely get, barely get by? My life's rich and satisfying, but oh, I'm just fighting the hard fight for Jesus. Those, that doesn't go together. Now, we are soldiers, the Bible said. We're supposed to walk like soldiers, and we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And Paul talks about being struck down and not destroyed. But, on, but at the same time, Jesus said he came to give us a rich and satisfying life. So do those two go together? Yeah, you can be having a rich and satisfying life for God, stuff coming at you, but you're not, letting, you're not focusing on that and still going through it rich and satisfied. There's a difference between the stuff that comes on the outside and you're in peace and believing God and doing what you, He's called you to do and having your head up and enjoying and there's stuff arrayed against you. There's a difference between that and you feeling like God is against you and you're not doing it right. Then all that other stuff just piles on you even more. We don't need God against us. And He's not. He's for us. We're talking about that on Wednesday nights. He's for us. He's with us and He is in us to help us. If we're born again, He is in us. John 10.10 10 in the God's Word translation. It says, but I came so that my sheep, are you His sheep? If you're born again, we're His sheep. We're in His family. It says, I, I, but I came that my sheep will have life and so that they will have everything they need. Everything they need. You could just stay on that thought the rest of the day. My God is a good shepherd and he came. Jesus came so that I could have everything I need. Everything I need. That will put us at peace. God is a good God. Jesus did not come to condemn us. In fact, it says that. Uh, 
Flip back, if you would, to um, John 3. John 3, verse 16. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That they would have everlasting life. We're going to go back to John 10, but I wanted to, to put this in. Verse 17. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. That's not why Jesus came. To beat everybody up. And to tell them how rotten they are. And He didn't do that for us either. To say, you just don't measure up. You're just not good enough. Well, we already knew that, right? We already established that. We could be better. That doesn't mean you overtly just try to go out and mess everything up either. But thank God that he's merciful and gracious. And it says here, he did not, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why Jesus came. So that the world could be saved. But back in John 10, 10, you don't have to turn back there, but we'll touch on a few more things. He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have more abundantly. Again, you don't have to put these up, Teresa, but just going through it. Uh, Amplified says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The New Living Translation, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In the God's Word translation, but I came so that my sheep will have life and so that they will have everything they need. That gives the picture of life. It's overflowing. It's in abundance. It's having everything they need. Satisfying, rich. That's the type of life that Jesus came so that we could have. What's life in heaven going to be like this? Well, we can have heaven on earth. We live in a fallen world. We live in a cursed world. You ever wonder why bad things happen in this world? It's because the world is fallen. But in the midst of that world, we can have a rich and satisfying life. I mean, if it's only in heaven, then we have a long life here. There is a God of this world. Satan messes things up. But he is not Lord over Christians. And in the midst of a fallen world, we can have a rich and satisfying, overflowing, abundant life. The word for life there is zoe, which means life, the God kind of life. We're going to read a few more scriptures along that lines. God's life, not just life. Of course, you're alive. You know, if you have a dog, that's life. You know, if you, have, if you have a goldfish, that's life. But we're talking about the God kind of life. God's very life is imparted to us when we become His children, His life, through His Spirit, in our born-again, recreated spirits, His life is imported, imparted to us. So we are not walking around as mere men and women. We are walking around as children of Almighty God, and His life is in us. 
So that word is the God kind of life. The other word that means abundant is in, a, in the sense of beyond. It means superabundant in quantity or superior in quality. By implication, excessive. Uh, it is translated in the King James Version as exceeding abundantly above, more abundantly, advantage, exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, more, superfluous, vehement. So when it says, I have come that they may have life, we're talking about the God kind of life. Jesus came that we would have his life and then and have that life more abundantly. And that more abundantly is this word that means superabundant, superior, excessive. We're going to have his life excessively, abundantly. Uh, the other words that are translated like this, again, are more abundantly, advantage exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure. Do you get the picture? These words are saying, when we see rich, satisfying, overflowing, God came, through, Jesus came, that we would have his life and have it so much that it's, it's excessive, that it is overflowing, that it is rich, that it is satisfying. That's the type of life that he came for us to walk in. Not barely get by, not, well, I just don't know if God, you know, is pleased with me. Well, not this, this little life. He gave, he came to have, to, for us to have a big life, overflowing life, rich life, satisfying that we wake up ready to go in the morning, that we're ready to do what he's called us to do. Not, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to do this. I'm not saying there's not days that those thoughts won't cross your mind. That's when we need to go and focus. Stop focusing on those thoughts or the negative and focus on the right things. God is with me. God is for me. God came, Jesus, through Jesus came to that I would have a rich life. I'm going to have a rich life today. I'm going to have an abundant life today. I choose and set my mind after him that I'm going to walk in what Jesus has come to provide for me today. It's a decision. Jesus came that we could have an abundant life. Now we have to agree with it and say, yes, I believe it. Yes, I agree with what, if God, and if there's adjustments we need to make, then we just need to go before him and say, Lord, what do I need to change? This is the type of life that I believe I'm supposed to live. So what do I need to change? I want to run and enjoy your kingdom and enjoy what you're doing on the earth. I want to be part of, of sharing your word, sharing the gospel, running my, my part, doing, running my race, doing my part. And you said it would be rich and abundant and overflowing and excessive. And so, Lord, show me what I need to adjust. Glory to God. Again, now this is one side you can't preach all sides in one sermon, but yet we're not saying there isn't challenges, there aren't things, there aren't places you have to put your flesh down. In the midst of all that, Jesus still said, I came to have, to, you would have abundant life. So there is a way to walk through all this stuff, push it off, push through it, do what God's called us to do, share the gospel with other people, run our race, and it be rich and full, even when there's darts flying at us.
And in fact, you can see, I mean, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. Yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. So stuff could be flying at you and you're still, I mean, isn't that even that much more? It's one thing to be excessive and to be overflowing and you're sitting on an island somewhere with, you know, kicking your feet up and there's nothing going on and it's excessive. There's one thing like that. Another thing to be excessive and you're you're still walking like that, and people, there's stuff going on all around you, challenges, and you're still conquering. That's another level. That's, more, that's the reality of this, this world. In the midst of it, we can have an abundant life. In the midst of it, we can run, we can go over. Glory to God. 1 John 5. You turn over there, please. First John 5. I want you to know today, if you, it, wherever you are in life right now, if you know God, if you're born again, if you don't know Him, if you haven't been born again, you can be. But if you're not, if you're in the family of God, God is for you, He's with you, He's in you, and He wants you to have an abundant life, regardless of what your circumstances look like. If there's any challenge, we all have challenges. The challenges of life come to everybody. It's what, again, these things come, but then how are we going to react to them? And like we said earlier, when, before, before the sermon we were talking about uh, or whenever, I don't know if it's the offering or what, but the, you, or I think it was communion. You can base how you're going through things on your own strength. Well, I have this education. I have these skills. I know these people. I have this background. I have these connections. And go through and rely on that to try to get you through. That will fail. But what we're talking about here, relying on God and the life that He's given you and being in His right, the place He wants you, doing what He's called you to do, and having that life, that will not fail. So regardless, the challenges will come to every person. But what do we do? We, we can say, we can fall back onto natural things that even people without God will fall, fall down. And some of them are tapping into God principles and they will work to a degree. But they won't work like they're supposed to unless we have the greater one living on the inside of us. Unless we're tapping in to his life. Now we're, we're tapping into the power of God. Now, whatever challenge we have, he has a way through over uh, uh, an abundant path that we can overcome. 1 John 5, 4. It says, whatever is born of, God, born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. 
If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe in God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given his Son. <coughs> and this is the testimony that God... This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Look back at verse 11. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Has given. That life was imparted to us through Jesus. This life. This life was imparted to us through Jesus. Verse 12, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Period. The type of life that we want, that Jesus came to provide for us, is only available through Him. But in Him, we can have that life and act on the fact that we have that life. Verse 12, he who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. John is saying, I'm writing this to you so you can know. Do you realize you can have something and you don't know it? Probably all of us have stuff. If you've lived long enough, even if you haven't lived that long, that is in your attic, your garage, your closet, and you have it, but you no longer know you have it. You've forgotten. In fact, you may have two or three because every time you're looking for one, you know, you may even know you have it, but you don't know where it is. Sometimes you forget you even had it. Then you buy another one, and then you realize you're going through something else, and you find, I had one of those. Huh? Anybody else besides me? So you can have something and not know you have it, and it does you how much good in that case? Zero. But you have it. You couldn't say you didn't have it, but it's just like you don't have it because you don't know you have it. Right? And if somebody would ask you, hey, you have one of those? Oh, I need one of those. You have one, but you don't know it. Boy, I could really use that, but you don't. You're not using it. Why? Because you don't know you have it. So that's what John is saying here. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. He's telling us we have this. Just in case you didn't know, I'm writing this to you so you know that you have eternal life. You have this life. Jesus came to provide life. Well, we can walk through this life and have it and yet act. We don't know we have it. 
We act like everybody else acts because we don't realize we have the life of God inside of us. We don't realize we're supposed to live in this life abundant, this excessive. So then we act just like we don't have it. And we could be looking at some, you know, something else and go, I could really use some of that and we have it. Boy, I really wish God would do that for me. And in the, all the while, he said he came to give us life and actually we have life and it's with us. And he's for us, and he wants us. His will is that we have an overflowing, excessive, abundant life, and we can be looking at something else and going, boy, I really wish I had that, and we have it. But we don't know we have it. And knowing is not what we've heard. Knowing is what we do. Everything else is just words, somebody, somebody said. We know what we do. In other words, we, if we say, well, I know that, I've heard that, but we, in, in daily life, we act like, but well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, I don't know how to do that. What's this going to, we don't have it. We're acting like we don't have it. We're acting like we don't know. So it may be up here somewhere, but it's not doing us any good because we're acting like it's not there. And if we don't act like it, we're not believing. And if we're not in faith, we're not going to receive what he has already provided for us and his will is to give us. He, His will, is that we have an excessive, abundant, overflowing life. We read it. That's why Jesus came. So then we have to know it, and we just have to say, God, I believe that. I'm going to start acting like it. You said it. Well, what if it doesn't look like it's in our life? Well, we have to act like it and start agreeing with Him. Because if He said He came to give us, and right here in John He said, you have it, then we need to act like that's true. And the fact is, as we act like this, that's true, stuff starts parting in front of us because we're acting like God is behind us. Again, there's one thing to act like you're something. That's better than act like you're nothing. That's better than acting condemned. That's better than acting bad. But if it's coming to you, I'm so great, I'm all that, I can do that, that will fail. And it doesn't look good anyway. There's a difference between thinking, you know, I'm so great and... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those are two different things. Because then if you even, if it doesn't look like you can do it, well, I already knew I couldn't do certain things, but he's with me and he came to give me life. So now I'm going to tap into him. That's a different thing. Because then you can look at your life and say, well, I don't know. Look at this. I don't know what to do about it. Sure doesn't look like life here, but God, you said... Jesus came so I can have life. That includes this part. So here we go. You show me what to do. You help me. You direct me. You open doors. I'm going through. This will change. See, that is agreeing with what he said. That's acting like we have what he said we had. So these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Continue to believe. Continue to believe on Him. Walk through life believing. Let's go ahead and um, turn back over to John 1. I know I'm making you turn to so There's some good things just to look at, and it's all either John or 1 John, so go back to actual John, big John, bigger book of John, maybe should have had you kept, keep your finger there, but exercise of your fingers won't kill you, John 1, 
Praise God. God is good. God is good. It'll help us just to say that in the middle. Not in religious, well, God is good. God is good. No, but no, He's good. When you're staring at something and doesn't look like God is good, God is good. He's good. He, he, he's he's going to help me. He's going to show me. Now, it's all not centered about us. Not about all us, but we are serving Him. And if we're doing what He told us to do and serving Him, He's already said, we're going to have what we need. We'll have a good life. I mean, it's not about us. It's about Him. But on the other hand, if you're just in a mode where we are fighting all the time, feeling like He's not for us or things aren't going well and how will I ever do you're not going to be any good to the kingdom of God anyway. We need to know that we're secure in the family of God and that He loves us and He's for us to be able to do anything. Yeah, you can get some stuff done, but you know what? People can see through it. If you're trying to witness to them because it's obligation, I'm not putting anybody down, but I, you know, there's, there's people that try to witness to people because they're concerned about their, themselves feeling condemned or they're not going to be accepted or whatever. Well, that's selfish. And people can see through that. They're witnessing to you for them. Not for Jesus. Well, we don't want to be like that. I mean, yeah, you can get some stuff, try to get it done, but isn't it so much better when you know what he's done and what he's done for you and that he loves you and that he wants you to have a great life and you just want to share it with everybody? Isn't that so much better? That is excessive and overflow. And it's like, hey, you got to know Jesus. You got to know him. He is so good. He, will, he loves you. He'll take care of you. That's how the gospel's supposed to propagate. The fact is, nobody can come to God but through Jesus. So people need to know it, whether they think He's good or not. Regardless, people need a Savior. But thank God He's not a hard taskmaster, and He is good. He didn't have to be good. He's the Creator. He can do whatever He wants. Thank God He's a good God. And He loves you, and He loves me. And he wants you to have the best life possible. That makes us want to serve him. We would be obligated to serve him either way. And everybody will bow the knee. But the fact is, he's a good God. Glory to God. Verse uh, 1, John 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Notice that. In him was life. This life we're talking about, the life of God. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Verse 10, 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Talking about Jesus. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, he, to them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the God, only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Earlier it said, in him was life. And as we believe in him, we have the authority, the right to become children of God. When you become children of God is how you tap into that life. Because he is life. That is the only way to this true life. But as we're children of God, now that life, what we just read in 1 John, that life is ours. Eternal life is ours, and that life that's in us, if we'll hook up with that, if we'll uh, cooperate with it, then it will spill over into every area. He gave us the authority to become children of God. Look at uh, just a few chapters over John 6.32. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives what? Life to the world. For the bread of heaven is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus gives life to the world. His life. And we know that life he came to give it to us overflowing, abundant. Go back one chapter to John 5, 24. And we'll close here. John 5, 24. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come unto jud into judgment, but has passed from death into life. We have, is that, is that future tense, present, or past tense? He has passed. We have passed. If we believed on him, then we have passed from death unto life. We have life. We have it. We have it. And he wants it to spill on over to every part of our life and to walk in that life. 
We walk in the life of God. We have the life of God. On Wednesdays, we are talking about the spirit within. If you didn't hear that, I encourage you to go listen to those. The spirit within. He is with us. The greater one is on the inside of us. And he is life. So there isn't an answer out there. The spirit of the living God if we've believed in him, we've passed from death into life, and he, the life of God, is in us. The answer is in us. The comforter, the Bible says, is in us. He is there to help us through every part of life, every challenge. The Almighty is there in us in the form of the Spirit of God, in our born-again spirit, to help us, and that life to overflow into our lives. If we believe it, if we'll hook up with it, if we'll act like it's there, He is there to put us over. Always. Right now. Today. When you go out of this place today. When you're at home. When you're dealing with the situation with a family member, you're dealing with the situation at work, He's there. The life of God, the Word has not changed the circumstance doesn't change his word that he wants us to have life. It's hooking up with it and tapping into it what we have. We have it. We have it. Praise God.